Good afternoon. Nothing is as, an, is as entertaining as seeing an older and grown-up man on those rides and screaming as a child. I was this afternoon after my baptism, I was walking by, I saw a family, I think this was their father, and the kids were teasing him, Dad, you can't go on those rides. Say, I can go on those rides. Say, okay, let's bet if you can go. So I'm just watching from, from afar. So they agreed to, go to, this, to take these rides. I say, hmm, this is entertaining. So I stayed back to watch what's happening. Soon as the ride begins, he began screaming like a child. And all these kids are so laughing, they couldn't stop laughing. I said, how entertaining. That's the best Father's Day gift they give you. Well, all the fathers here, I want to say happy Father's Day. Today we have the very feast we have of Corpus Christi, the feast of the body and blood of Christ. And this feast is a gift that God has given us, an expression of God's true love to the world. Now when we look at Corpus Christi, let's go back to what this means really. When we look at the Eucharist, it means thanksgiving. So when we call ourselves, we are this thanksgiving people. We are meant to give thanks to God because we recognize that everything we have is a blessing. And everything I have is a gift, so what do I have to do to give thanks? So the, the Eucharist, first of all, is, is a way of giving thanks to God. But before that, we go back to Genesis because the Eucharist is not just a thanksgiving, but it, it's also a meal. All of us, we love good meals. Of course, we love good meals. So when we talk about Eucharist as a meal, it goes back right from Genesis. After creation, God says, okay, you can eat whatever you, can, whatever you want apart from this tree of life. Jesus and God during creation, right after creation, they are participating in a meal. You can eat of anything I've made except but actually, the church fathers read that differently. They say that this wasn't only about eating what God has made. It was an invitation for them to use everything God has used to flourish. Whatever in creation that's made for you to flourish, that means that, that, means that if it's literature, geography, or science, whatever's in creation is meant for us to flourish. Participation in that meal of flourishing. That's the image it comes from. Now, throughout the entire Bible, what does God do? God is in the mission of nourishing and feeding us from Genesis to Exodus. Isaiah talks about God's holy mountain where all nations go. And what happens there? There is a meal. So we see Eucharist as a meal. That's why at Last Supper, what happens? Jesus brings his friends around. He breaks the bread, gives them. He transforms and says, this is my body. What does that do? It's echoing creation. Let there be light. Let there be this. And there was. He says, this is my body. He commemorates giving us his Eucharist as a meal not just a physical meal, but also a spiritual meal. That's why whenever we come to the Eucharist to receive, we are being nourished spiritually by the body and blood of Christ. 
Most importantly, this Eucharist helps us to have the perfect worship of the Trinity, worshiping God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all in one in the Eucharist. A perfect way of worshiping. Then the second thing Eucharist gives us is reconciliation. We all need to be reconciled with someone. There is a couple that I know, after so many years I've known them, they entered into a fight, whatever was going on, so they decided to divorce. So they had an eight-year-old son who didn't like this at all. So the father moved on to the next neighborhood from the mom where he was staying, but the boy was trying to reconcile his parents every time. He wants them to be back together. And one time as he was leaving his father's house to go back to his mom's house, he was struck by a car. He died. After dying, of course, after so many years, these two never talked to each other. So every anniversary of their son's death, they went to the cemetery. But they knew which time each one should go so they can't meet each other. And that's one of the days where one time the father went to the cemetery and stayed longer, praying. And of course, was crying. And all of a sudden, if he has someone behind, it was the wife. When they looked at each other, they both began crying. Their son was trying to reconcile them when he's alive. It took them five years of his death to get reconciled. That is also the image we have whenever I think about that story and this couple of what Jesus does, reconciling us to God the Father. Because the sin separated us. But in the Eucharist, we are always reconciled. God telling us, okay, now your sins are forgiven. I want you to come back into the communion I meant you to have. Because in creation, God created us for himself and for others. But anything we do that separates that goes against God's intended plan. So we are meant for each other and for God. That's why I ask God today that any time we receive the Eucharist is a reminder of our reconciliation. The price that was shared, the blood that was shared, the price that was paid for this reconciliation. Because God says, I want you back to be my people. I want to be your God. So today, as we celebrate the Feast of the Corpus Christi, the blood of Christ, let us always remember we're being reconciled, we're being fed, we're being nourished. Because what God desires most is for us to be with him at all times. Let us pray also for the grace to understand what we receive. It's very easy for us to make a Eucharist a habit. I just come, receive, and go, blood of Christ, I make, it becomes a habit. And in doing that, we diminish the understanding of what we are receiving. We take it for granted. Yet God never takes any of us for granted. He knows all of us by name. He cares for each and every one of us. Let us express that love by realizing the gift he has given us and the price he has paid. The Lord be with you.